Time. I'm Todd Brinker, and Aaron will be joining us shortly. This is the podcast which serves as an after show for our On the Brink morning radio show on KCAA 1050 AM, 106.5, 102.3 FM in the Inland Empire. That is in Southern California. We are east of Los Angeles and west of the rest of the United States. So um, today is Thursday. Wow, August 20th already. It's funny how time catches up, you know, when you're, when you're locked down and doing nothing. Sometimes time just drags and drags. And sometimes time is like, whew, I can't believe it. It's already August 20th. Half the year is more than, more than half the year is gone. It's just, it's, it's hard to believe that we're, um, you know, in the dog days of stum- summer staring at, at autumn already. And, uh, you know, people are back at school. They're not in school, but they're at school. And, uh, you know, I know that uh, I've got family members who teach. And so to my brother and wife and, and, and all the teachers out there, um, we appreciate you. We understand that this is difficult because unlike in the spring when everybody just kind of went into, uh, you know, a holding pattern saying let's do our best to, to cover some stuff. But it's, you know, nobody's holding anybody accountable because, you know, this is a, a thrown together last minute thing. Now they're they're really expected, and they expect themselves to be able to teach more completely and and in you know do a better job. They're holding themselves to higher standards, and uh, it's difficult. There's a lot of stress involved. It is not easy to deal with the ins and outs of technology, and you know you end up as a teacher becoming sort of a default technical support person. And you're not a technical person. You don't you know you didn't study computers growing up you studied the subject matter that you're teaching and so when you've got kids going well I went to the page and I clicked on it and it says I'm not in your class and you look at the thing and it says they are on the class and you know what do you do and so hopefully you've got somebody at your your school district that you can now refer them to to help them figure out what's going on um, I'm sure that the IT people at the each of the different school districts are also pulling their hair out and stressed out beyond belief as suddenly things that they had spent the summer trying to get ready to work for uh, for school starts are now actually the under the load of thousands of kids trying to hit the networks and hit the websites and and uh, teachers are you know going to the websites to do things that you thought were straightforward and they're clicking on and doing things in different ways and getting into situations that you didn't understand that they could get into and now you've got to help them figure out how to get back to where they need to be to get their job done and it's you know it's it's a nightmare for somebody to do technical support right now and the stress level has got to be through the roof for a lot of people and so um, I caution you all to take a deep breath relax understand and try to be understanding with others as we work through the the ins and outs of of how all of this has to work and uh, you know and understand that you're, you're not you're not being damaged and the kids are not being damaged permanently by you know being behind or not learning something on a certain timetable that it'll all work out that it's not just one kid that's being you know it's it's the entire body of studentness that's having issues around the, around the country and around the world and uh, you know they'll figure it out and, and it's, it's gonna be okay. 
Hey, Aaron, how you doing? I'm good, Todd. How are you? Pretty good. I was just talking about the fact that um, there's an awful lot of teachers out there and students out there and and technical support people for schools that are just stressed beyond belief. And I was, you know, thanking them all for their hard work and and and, and cautioning them not to get too stressed out and too worried about this. That. You know, it's not like an individual student somewhere is getting lost. It's everybody is struggling with, you know, well, I clicked on this yesterday and it did something different than what it's doing today. And wait a minute, you're you're signed into my class and I see you signed in, but you say you can't see it and you can't sign in. And, you know, and then IT people, you know, had set things up over the summer getting ready for this. And now suddenly there's thousands of people on the system and under load. It's it's you're seeing cracks and parts of it are failing. And, and you know. Everybody just needs to take a deep breath and go, okay, it's going to be all right. We'll get through this. We'll, we'll deal with one problem at a time. We'll work our way through it. And I know that's tough to do in the heat of the moment. But, boy, um, their job is not easy right now. Because, you know, in the spring, it was sort of like, okay, we all understand that this is something we just threw together really quick to finish out the school year. And there really wasn't terribly high expectations. But I think most of the teachers have put really high expectations on themselves coming back in the fall saying, I expect to teach these kids and I want them to come out of this situation having learned this as well as if they were sitting in my classroom. And that's decidedly not happening, at least initially. And it, they, they will get there, but they just, you know, everybody's adjust, adjusting to and adapting to the new reality of this distance learning and how it works and what the goods and the bads are of it. And it's it's... It's causing a lot of anxiety for a lot of people. It really is. I, I have to say um, that my teacher friends and family, um, they're, they are more stressed out than I, I can remember them being apart from yeah. major family tragedies. You know, uh, yeah. this is, they're working longer hours. They're t- answering emails in the middle of the night. They're, mm-hmm. you know, um, trying to make this work. And, you know, when a, when a, they say people will, and then I hear people who are who don't understand say, "Yes, but there's been online school for a long time." And it's like, "Yes, but those were planned to be online, and they didn't have just a few months to do it." I mean, this is when you when you think about developing an online infrastructure and processes and all of that, you have, you know, you have a you have an infinite theoretically an infinite amount of time to plan it, and mm-hmm. our schools did not have the benefit of that, especially since. We didn't know if we were going to be open or closed. We didn't know what the school budget or the, you know, the budgets were going to be for the schools. We didn't know any of that. And, um, you know, it's really, um, it's really quite sad and frustrating. And I, I really feel for our teachers. Yeah, I I do. It's, this is really hard on them. And yes, I'm going to say Mm -hmm. really one more time. This is very, very hard on them. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you and I are seeing it firsthand as our, our spouses are both stressed out and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I've heard more than once it muttered, I, if it go, I can't keep going on like this. It, uh, we've got to find a, a way to make this work right now because it's just constant stress. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's not, it's not, lo- sustainable. it's not sustain. Yeah. <laughs> it's not sustainable. There's no long-term future in, in this. I really feel for, and think it was a mistake for, um, you know, uh, the, the, my wife's school is taking on a new book 
and so they're all of their you know you learn to teach to the book that you've got you write your work your 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 assignments and everything and you plan around what happens in each chapter you switch to a new book at Everything gets jumbled around. Things are taught in different order and different ways. So you have to go and recreate all of the, the um, the worksheets and your and your lesson plans and everything for that new book. And they plan to switch to the new book this year, and then COVID hit. So now they're doing online plus a new book. So they're just there's just like literally multiplying the amount of work that you have to do uh, by trying to do both things simultaneously. And I I thought they should have just said for this year we're reverting to the old book. Forget this. But, you know, that's not something you can always do either because the old book, uh, you know, they had a license to use that book and that expired. And so, you know, the online resources and stuff that are available are no longer available with the old book, the new book they have to use. So kids can log in and get the new book online. Uh, but now the teachers have to do all that extra work to prep for it on top of all the extra work of of communicating to them and learning how to communicate to them and making sure that it all works. I mean, you know... Some schools have been going for a couple of weeks now, and they're finding a couple of weeks in that, you know, somebody who had been in their class and working fine now suddenly can't get into the class. And so, you know, there's just technical issues and, you know, they're being forced to be technical support people. And that's not their skill set, you know, but they're yeah. trying to help kids troubleshoot why they can't get into the work that they were trying to get into, um, you know, and it's. And then they're referring them to the IT people for their for their school district. Well, a lot of school districts have one, maybe two IT people that handle like the infrastructure of the school district. You know, they may have fifty schools. That per, that their department's not set up to handle, you know, help calls from from students. They can barely handle help calls from teachers, much less from, you know, multiply that times how many students each teacher has. Um, it's just it's uh, it's overwhelming. It's insane. It's yeah. insane. Yes, so, and some kids I, are working on laptops, and some kids are working on Chromebooks. Some of them are working on tablets. Or you know, phones. Or phones. I mean, there literally yeah. are kids out there who are trying to do their homework on and, and their classwork on a phone. Um, yeah, most it's, kids, many, Not most, but many kids don't have access to printers, so it's not like they can print something out and and then do it and then scan it and send it back. They, you know, there's, yeah. there's all kinds of limitations because every family's different, you know, that may... They may be not a family that spends their money on technology. Right. Yeah. You know, obviously or not they my live family, in a place but... where their internet's terrible and that's, that's, there's nothing they can do about it because mm-hmm. they live in the mountains and they got what they got. Yeah. There's all kinds of issues and each as, as many different people as there are, there's that many different kinds of issues and, and different perspectives on how this all is going to work. So I just, you know, caution and ask everybody to be patient as, as we work our way through it. You know, as you were saying at the end of the radio show, you know, it's it's not like um, an online school that was developed from the ground up to be online and, and had, you know, years of prep and thinking about it before they did it. And you can't just go pick up something and say this works because there's so many other little issues about like you said, the infrastructure. Do they have the Internet connections? Do they have the the, the means to to uh, communicate back and forth with students and amongst teachers and um you know, I know a lot of teachers are leaning on each other. Thank goodness that there's teachers out there, you know, in groups that will help each other and sit down and figure out, you know, how does this work and what do we do here? But it's so, so difficult. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to see teachers starting to drop like flies and going, I can't take this anymore. I can't do it. Yeah. I gotta, I'm they're going to go out on stress leave. Yeah. They're just going to, yeah, they're just going to shut down. And so um, let's uh, support them and pray for them and, and do what we can to help a teacher because they're doing their their 
very best to to uh, you know help their kids learn. They really, really, and that's part of the issue is they really want to do it, and they're holding themselves to very high standards to 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 be able to teach these kids and and make sure that they're not suffering because they're not in a classroom. You know, it's it's interesting. Um, I I had the the uh, privilege to have a graduate student in industrial occupational psychology do a presentation for our mentors uh, and I was part of that yesterday um, mm-hmm. and uh, she was talking about how the, this lack of balance and the lack of boundaries you know down to the space in which you are working because our we tend to to associate in our in our minds um, mm-hmm. uh, the purpose for each room right and so if your if your bedroom becomes your office becomes your you know everything, Mm-hmm. Um, it, it affects your sleep. It affects your sense of well-being. All of that, um, and and a lot of our kids and, and families, you know, their 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 office is their dining room table, or yeah. it's it's their bedroom, or it's you know because that's that's the room they have. And is if mom is and dad or mom or dad are are working, and um, and they are um, having to use the computer, and and they've got three kids who are trying to use their computers, and their internet's only so so, and you know, it's it is it is really frustrating. And I have yeah. to say, I, I've heard right wing media, uh, which I which I you know, I, I'm a subscriber to the Daily Wire. I like I like their stories. I don't always agree with them. And this is an instance where I did. I don't. They had a story recently about how teachers don't want parents having, you know, being able to see what they do in their classes. That's hogwash. I don't know any teacher like that. And we have a lot mm-hmm. of teachers in our family and in our circle and yeah that's anecdotal but you know what what teachers don't want is mom saying to junior in the middle of the class hey can you take out the trash you know those laund- that laundry needs to be folded well junior's in class mom so right. when he's done with school then he can do whatever chore you need him to do but for now he's at school so yeah just because he's sitting at the dining room table doesn't mean that he's you know idling away playing video games he's actually exactly. in in school yeah, and and the thing is, that's part of what they're fighting too. You know, there are kids who, who, you know, kids don't have any control over that. They're doing what their parents tell them to. You right. Know? And if parents don't see the boundaries and, and and enforce the boundaries of this is school time versus home time versus you know relaxation time, um, then you know you've got no control as a teacher. So you know, hopefully, parents are out there understanding that and supporting the teachers. But uh, it's tough. It's Sorry tough. if you were just hearing feedback. They're doing. I'm 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 driving home as I always do during our podcast because it's right after the radio show, and um, there's all of this construction on the road. So sorry about that. I was on a rough bit of road, and that was causing some road yeah, noise. Yeah, nothing, nothing abnormally. We always pick up a little bit of um, rough and tumble as you're moving around. You know, that's just uh, that's life. And as you, you yes. know, as the cell signal passes between uh, uh, towers. Sometimes there's a little garble or something. It's not, uh, you know, that's that's today's technology. So we shall excuse you and and be patient as we are with our teachers, right? Yes, thank you. Thank yeah. you, thank you. Because <laughs> I have to be home to start my job right after we're done with the podcast. So, the jobby job. Yeah. Yes. Yes, because yes. you're one of the lucky ones who still has a jobby job to do. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm really worried about... I'm really worried about how how long our economy can take this shutdown. Yeah. You know, my swim team has been shut down since mid March. 
That's crazy, Todd. I have, That's crazy. I have, you know, uh, 70 families whose kids are not able to swim. Um, you know, that's that was my daily job. I, I went and, co- and coached swimming every day. Every day for the last I don't know how many years. And haven't done it at all since mid-March. You must be climbing the walls. So, um, you know, for the most part, I've adapted okay. I mean, just accepting the reality of it and not been thrilled. But, you know, I mean, it's it's it takes a financial toll. It takes a, uh, a mental toll. On the last couple of days, I've been getting a little antsy. I'm just, you know. And so one thing that I added in, in you know, I've got some back issues because of a car accident. And so I, I have some back pain. And I'm supposed to have been doing, you know, exercises for my back that I don't do particularly well. Uh, it's easier to complain and, you know, take some aspirin. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I started doing my exercises just because I needed to do something physical. So yesterday, uh, day before yesterday. So today when I do them will be the third day in a row. And of course, now I've got sore muscles. <laughs> and uh, I'm so... So out of shape that that uh, actually afterwards I sat down and started getting like uh, cramps in some of my abdominal muscles and some of my um, you know side abs the the um, uh, intercostals yeah the obliques and the and the intercostals in the rib area uh, just because you know those muscles were strained to actually do these very incredibly mild exercises um, because I'm so out of shape so um, you know. I'll I'll take it easy. I may take a day off and then come back to it tomorrow. Let my let my uh, body uh, do a little repair as I as I slowly work my way back into some, you know, weak form of being in shape. Um, so I wonder with people um, who we've become so sedentary. Now some people are are taking the time and being, you know, they mm-hmm. have the time to to get into shape, like they're exercising. Um, other mm-hmm. people, you know, are not. But you know, like I cannot. Um, I can, I guess I could exercise in the house, but I'm still, um, wheezing because of the air mm-hmm. quality being so bad. I need to get a filter, a better filter for the house. But, um, uh, you know, it's not like you can go outside. It's a thousand degrees outside. So, yeah. you know, this, we're all sedentary. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, we need to get out there and move. I read something the other day that said that, you know, during the fire season that because of the amount of dust and, and, and soot in the air, that we should be looking at changing our home air filters every uh, uh, month or so right now rather than waiting and doing it on a uh, biannual schedule, which is what most people uh, do. And that's what most people are supposed to do. I think a lot of people don't do it until, you know, it suddenly dawns on them that, hey, I haven't changed my air filter in three years. Um, you know, I mean, let's be honest. It's like who goes around and changes their um, their the batteries in their um, smoke detectors annually? You just wait for the stupid thing to start beeping in the middle of the night and get irritated, and then you right, and then you go, ah, stupid batteries and stupid smoke detector and stupid, stupid. You know, because it happens at three a.m. Yes, exactly. Sorry, sorry. We have so many electronic devices. You're like, okay, what's beeping? Oh, yeah. it's the smoke detector. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're literally walking around the house going, where's that sound coming from? And then you'll slowly look up and go, Ugh, I have to go get a ladder to deal with that at 3 a.m. As if that was safe. You know, I'm not safe on my two feet, much less on my two feet, ten feet in the air. Um, yeah, exactly. But, uh, okay, I'll do with so, that. Yeah. 
but you know, you, the second you let it go is when you're going to have a house fire. Exactly. So, so that's what you know. What I did in, in, to that end, um, I found a company that makes a uh, a combination smoke detector, CO2 detector that has a ten year battery in it. So when it beeps at you and says the battery's dead, it, then you just take the thing off the ceiling, throw it away, and buy a new one. And uh, and I went, that's the device for me. Yeah, exactly. And so exactly. I, but in 10 I, years, you're going to be walking around the house going, what's that sound? Yeah, well, and I've got several of them, so um, that I, I bought them all within um, a year or so of each other. So when they start going off, you know, it's like, okay. And, and they weren't particularly cheap, but I put them in when, when I was doing renovations. And so... Um, you know, it's just part of the renovation cost. But yeah, in ten years, I'm going to go have to spend, you know, probably a hundred dollars a machine, a device. It's going to be an expensive uh, month. I will grumble and groan, but I only have to do it <laughs> once every ten years, which uh, makes me happy. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Because so, for ten years, know. I wasn't woken up at three in the morning with something going meep, 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 and then it stops. <laughs> <laughs> for like five minutes and so you slowly go back to sleep and just as you're drifting off to sleep meep, meep, and then you're walking around going where is it where is it and then it stops you know and i literally have had that go on for like a week until i figured out which thing was beeping and and, and why it beeps like five times and then stops you know, you know the technology exists to have it have a specific alarm it could yeah. be a nice pleasant voice going change the battery change the battery yeah. change the battery it could yeah. be doing that that's that's ancient that's like old technology but no it has to beep and you have to figure out what the heck it's beeping yeah i have um as my alarm uh, i i have a uh, uh, an alexa um a, a amazon echo with a screen sitting next to me and i have a th- something blocking the camera because i think that's gross and disgusting uh but I have that as my alarm, and when I wake up in the morning, I listen to the guys from Grand Tour. So it's like uh, you know James May saying, having a conversation about, well, you know, is he awake? Are they are they awake? How do you know it's a he? Well, we're assuming that you know most of our fan base would be a he, and it's like, well, what time is it? We don't know what time it is because we we're not there. How do you know we're not there? I could be hiding in the closet. So you have this conversation rattling on as you slowly wake up. And um, I found that that's a fairly pleasant way to wake up, actually. Do you know know what would be a really funny alarm if you're trying to prank somebody? Um, Is the the wake-up alarm from uh, Groundhog Day? You know, the, the, with the Sonny and Cher and the, it's cold Oh, outside. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be perfect. Yeah, the, the start off with the 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 two DJs and then and then yes. roll into Sonny and Cher. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I would be stunned if that somebody hasn't recorded that and that's not an alarm sound that you could yeah, use. Yeah, it has to be for someone. That's a yeah. yeah. In fact, I'm going to look for it and that's how I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to wake up to, uh, and you know, um, do you remember back in the seventies when they had, um, uh, I forgot the name. It was like two Canadian brothers and you hoser and, uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie. There you go. Bob and Doug McKenzie. That's the guys who did the radio voices. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a beer. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. A beer. A beer. <laughs> On the second tree. day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 
two beers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was from SCTV all the way back. Wasn't that SCTV? Yeah. All the way back, you know, in the 70s. Oh yeah, Bob God. and Doug McKenzie, um, Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas. Ah, Rick Moranis is a talented comedian. Yeah. And he left yep. he left Hollywood while he was raising his kids. Yeah. Which I think is kind of cool. He made them their priority, and that's that's a good dad. You know, and obviously he had mm-hmm. the financial means where it wasn't a hardship. Yeah, exactly. You know, he hadn't blown all his money or, or sucked all his money up his nose or whatever. Whatever they did back in the 80s. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, you know, when you've got the means to do it, you can just say, well, you know, I'm going to shut down for a while and spend some time watching these little people grow up. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not something you regret. I know I tell the story sometimes to my family and, and probably bored them with it. But there was a friend of mine in high school who went skiing during ski season on Fridays. And her dad would check her out of school and she and her sister would go skiing with her dad. And a few years after she graduated, her dad died of a massive coronary heart attack. Oh, and, my God. And, yeah, and you felt awful for them. But you know what? Uh, as an adult, I don't think she's ever felt bad about missing Fridays because she has all those wonderful memories of time with her dad. And, uh, you know, life's short. So Life take a moment short. to sure uh, hated it, though. take a moment to look around and enjoy and smell the roses and, and hit the ski slopes and do whatever you want to do to uh, to enjoy life and the people that you love a little bit. You know, yay to Rick yeah. Moranis. Yeah, you know. Moranis. Um, I said Moranis. <laughs> I think I think it was Moranis, not Moranis. It's, it's, it's Moranis, and and I have to say, um, if the COVID if COVID hasn't taught us anything else, I think it's taught us the importance of interpersonal relationships, and uh, you know, the especially family. So yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean the the whole uh, COVID thing. There is some positives to it because it has forced us to, um, you know get closer to our pets <laughs> and uh, and know, they will plot against us and bring us uh, bring about our downfall when we finally go back to work and desert them you know the cats have already figured out what they're going to do when you when you're yes. not there every day it's all day so true you know and I have learned that all four of my pets well I should say three out of four of my pets are super jealous of one another so if one comes over to me they're all mm-hmm. over me you know, because God forbid somebody gets some snuggles that somebody else didn't get. Yeah, it's funny. I have three small uh, dachshunds, little wiener dogs, and uh, one of them, when he wants attention, he wants attention, and he comes over and he starts nosing you and bumping you and nudging you, and he wants some attention. But he could care less when the other two are getting attention. Now, the other two, as soon as one of them starts getting, you know, any kind of petting or, or scratching or anything, the other one's right there. It's like, yes. wait a minute, wait a minute he's getting something i want something too exactly but but the third one is just like "Eh, whatever Eh, whatever (laughs) i'll get my attention when i want it yes well my cats are especially jealous and the dogs you know they just come over and one of the cats he is so jealous that he baps the dogs regularly on the head and the nose and the dogs look (laughs) at him now now the dogs i have big dogs so they're you know probably one of them 70 pounds the other one's probably 85 pounds and um they and look they at him like, to... you know I could eat you. Exactly. <laughs> and the cat goes, yeah, try it. <laughs> you can just hear the conversation, right? Yes, exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Reminds me of um, uh, there. I, there's a movie, uh, Matt Damon and the um, Mars movie, and there's a character in there who's like doing something, and, and the guy, he's talking to the guy who's his boss, and he's like, you know, basically telling him what he's going to do, and the guy starts to leave, and then he kind of leans back in the room, he goes, "You know, you work for me, right?" And the guy goes, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> you know, you work for me. <laughs> you seem to be misunderstanding this relationship right yeah. now. Yeah, just want to be clear. <laughs> just wanted to check. You know. Uh, well, cats. You know, they say dogs have owners, cats have staff. Um, that's that's really true. <laughs> but I love my babies anyway. You know, they just cats. I, I think we've talked about this. Cats are not really domesticated. They're just really not. Um, you know, they, they, they made me love you and, and, you know, be part of the family, but they are not, they have not been domesticated in the way that dogs have. Yeah. You know? No, they are, there's, there's a wild streak in kitty cats that, that the dogs are like, that's too much work. You know, <laughs> it's like, no, I've been domesticated for a reason. I can lay here and they bring food to me. Um, yes. you know, whereas the cat's like, no, I still want to hunt things. Yes. Well, and, they, Some, and, they have and sometimes it's the family dog, but yes, exactly. They're, they, you know, they if they don't like something, they're going to let it be known. You know, that's 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 a cat. Whereas a dog, they'll just kind of go. They look at you funny, but they they well with some with some dogs. If you, there are other dogs that have attitude, but my dogs are just like love me, love me, love me. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to have to let them in here soon because it's so blinking hot outside. You know. Anyway, although it's better today than it was, it's it's getting a little better. I think it's only supposed to be 106 today. Yeah, the so. temperature's dipping a little bit. I know in Corona we're supposed to actually be under 100 on the weekend. So, um, I, the, you know, the the major chunk of the heat wave seems to be passing a little bit. Which, yay, you know, it's been uh, it's been a, a toasty experience, and I'm horrified to think about what the electric bill is going to be like. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I guess on Sunday it's going to drop all the way to 91. Woo! Which is really sad to think that that's, you know, comfort zone for us. But, you know, it's summer in a desert in California, so. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if I were to say that this is shocking to me, I'd be lying because this happens every year. We always have this time sort of somewhere between mid-August and mid to sometimes even late September. We have this really, really um, hot spell that just is unrelenting 24 hours a day for, you know, usually lasts a couple weeks. And uh, and we'll probably get another short shorter one a little bit later. You know, you'll get the two-week one, and then you'll get one that's like three to five days-ish as we sort of start transitioning into autumn. Yep. You know, it's, it's that Indian summer, the last throes of, uh, uh, you know, the, the heat and weather pounding on us, so such as it is. So, um, uh, you know, we, we, we will have up and down, ups and, ups and downs until Halloween. And Halloween is usually, is usually the cutoff, you know, when things start mm-hmm. to be cooler. Um, and right now I can't wait till Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's in, in Southern California, I know this is not the truth or the same everywhere. Cause when, when we lived back East for a period of time, October was definitely autumn and September was sort of the transitional month. Uh, here, October is really our transitional month, you know, and autumn 
at least the autumn weathery type of stuff doesn't doesn't really kick in until November around here. Um, and so we'll see. We'll see what happens, you know. Um, we can all be dreaming of a white Christmas. It ain't happening, but we can dream about it. Well, it'll happen. It's just the white is not snow. It's ash. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a gray, kind of a, a pale gray Christmas. Yeah, if only it were chocolate. Yeah, whiter shade of pale. That's right. The chocolate would be awesome. 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 For those who weren't listening on the on the radio show, Aaron shared a story about the um, people who live in uh, in and around the lint factory in um, where did they remember the town? Switzerland. Yeah, I don't remember the town. It was between Zurich and Basel. Yeah. So uh, anyway, the the wonderful lint Swiss chocolate company uh, apparently chucked a whole bunch of cocoa powder up into the air. And so people were going outside and cocoa was falling down around them in, in, in a fine mist. And uh, if that ain't heaven, I don't know what is. <laughs> but uh, I imagine that actually probably caused a lot of like breathing issues and problems for people because, you know, fine powder falling down around you is probably not great regardless of whether it's chocolate or soot. But if I had to choose between the two, I'd pick the chocolate. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. So, you know, are you, you know, are you planning on doing anything fun this weekend? I keep, you know, weekends used to mean mm. something, and right now they're really. Not. I'm going to get some chocolate cocoa powder, go outside, throw it up in the air, and smack my hands <laughs> together like LeBron James does with the chalk dust, just because <laughs> I can. See, he's he's a brown man using white powder. I'm a white man using brown powder. It'll be a perfect <laughs> video. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a meme. That's my plan. Yeah, no, I I don't have any plans. I don't have any plans. Uh, try to stay cool. Um, maybe actually go out and do the lawn that my wife's been asking me to do since before the heat wave hit. And she said, you know, it's going to be too hot next week. You need to get that done. And I haven't done it. Um, and I need to get out there and do that because the automatic sprinklers still come on and water it. So even though it's, you know, like the surface of the sun outside, uh, the grass is growing and, and now we're losing wiener dogs in it. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when they go out to do their business at night and you lose them and you're like, he's over there in the rough somewhere. Um, it's, it's probably time to, you know, go out oh, and do some funny. picking up of the puppy poo and, and then mow the lawn down. So wouldn't it be easier to mow the lawn and then pick up the puppy poo? Although it'd be, yeah, but it's, it's really, it will, yeah, it's, it's tough on the blades. It's not good for your lawnmower. Plus you get stuck to the bottom of your shoes while you're out doing it. It's just, it's yeah. kind of gross. And better to pick it up first with the pooper scooper. Um, does mean that you have to spend more time out in the heat though. Oh joy. Um, so any hue. Plus when it gets yeah. that thick, the dogs are like, I ain't going over there. I'll just do it right here. Um, yes. which is never room. where, yeah, which is never convenient. Now they haven't done it in the living room, but we do have a patio and it's like, Oh, great. So, um, yeah, yeah, there's some outdoor work that has to be done and it is admittedly a little more mild. Um, you know, it got down to an almost tolerable 72, uh, overnight. So as I was coming out here just before the sun or just as the sun was coming up, it was actually kind of comfortable outside. Um, not too bad. Have you noticed that it is a little darker out in the mornings now as, as we roll yes. around into autumn? You know, yes. the, the days are starting to get a little shorter again. Uh, makes me remember my days on a pool deck, you know, when in the evenings when, when it wasn't the sun was that going down or already down. And so it was uh, 
cooler and more comfortable than coaching out in the bright sunlight. Yes. Man, I miss coaching. I miss my team. I miss my kids. People don't realize, you know, it's like teachers get attached to their students. They really do. They 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 like being around kids. There's just an energy around kids that's just fun. And, uh, you know, and we like teaching and coaches are the same way. We like teaching, we like sharing our knowledge and, and there's just an energy. And I mean, I can be exhausted having a really bad day and I spend time around kids and I just energized. I literally come home from coaching and I have to wind down. Even, even though I could have gone to coaching that afternoon exhausted, I can get home, you know, three or four hours later and have, you know, more energy bubbling into me than when I left just because, it's it's infectious the joy and the and the giggling and the and the kids are just fun to be around and uh i miss that i really do this stinks <laughs> i'm so sorry this stinks you know and i i regularly go and check the um the the page um that the school district has for use of facilities to see if anything has changed and it just says you know we're not accepting use of facilities reservations at this time. Uh, you know, is, and, are there uh, other facilities that are? I mean, I know that you do use the schools. Are there other facilities that are open? At this point, I haven't found any that are open or that I'm aware of that are open. Those that had plans for opening have shut back down. Um, there were a few that had opened temporarily, and and you know, some schools were using them, and um, uh, and some other club programs are using the problem is at least in southern california and i think this is probably everywhere is that there's more uh desire for use than facilities in normal times every facility has one or two and sometimes three different club teams in addition to uh school teams using them during regular time and so if they open back up those are the teams that are going to be using it. Those are the groups that will be using it. There's nowhere for, no room or time for anybody else to get in there. And then with some of the regulations saying you're only allowed to have, you know, 10 or fewer people gathering, well, you take one coach out of that, that means you can have nine people in the pool at any given point in time, which is ridiculous. Stupid. Yeah, that's just stupid. Um, especially if you've got, like, you know, some pools are, like, 15 lanes. Why can't you put a kid in every lane? Well, because the rules say you can only have 10 people gathering. It's like... Yeah, the guy in lane 15 is no closer to anybody than the guy in lane 4, you know? I mean, what's the... It doesn't make any sense. Or lane 9. Yeah, you know, blanket rules don't make sense. We've been doing this long enough that we should start being able to have some specifics and, uh, and understand where some of the risks are. And an outdoor pool facility, you know, where everybody's coated in chlorine... Uh, the chance of transmission is pretty low. Although I did read an interesting article and I shared it with my daughter earlier about the fact that they're finding out that a um, a modal uh, a mode of transmission that's basically been overlooked and that is basically dust that the virus can attach itself to dust and pet dander and they did a test with guinea pigs using guinea pig flu uh, and found that even a dead guinea pig puts out a certain amount of dander and will pass on the disease to other guinea pigs in adjacent cages because of 
dead skin cells and fur and all these little micro things. And anytime you move around, you're kicking that all up and that that is a, mean, uh, a means of transmission for viruses. And so COVID could very likely be uh, moved around that way as well. So if you don't have a, a good uh, filtration system, we're talking about good, good air filters on your home air filter or your air conditioning systems, get a good filter there. And if you have an air filter for in the house, an additional air filter, it's probably not a bad idea. You know, get that HEPA air filter. Uh, get it quickly before there's a run on them like toilet paper. <laughs> or you could just wrap your, your box fan in toilet paper and use that as your filter. I mean, probably, <laughs> I don't know. God. Can you imagine? I can just see people doing that. I'm like, well, it kind of works like an air oh, filter. It's sucking the air through the toilet paper. There you, know. you go. You could tape a bunch of coffee filters together. There you go. That would work fine. Just put that all over the back of your, your fan and, and turn on the fan and aim it straight at you. And then you're breathing filtered air. <laughs> yeah. I've actually seen some do-it-yourself things where they say buy a um, like a 25 by 25 square uh, air filter for an air conditioning system and put uh-huh. that on the back of a 25 inch square box fan and tape that in and that then turns that box fan into a home air filter system and it actually does work um, it doesn't work as well as a fairly inexpensive air filter would work but it does work it's better than nothing and so they were saying um, remember when uh, all the um, the wine country was burning um, a year yes. and a half ago Yes. Um, and and the the cloud o soot was basically stretching from from wine country down into the Bay Area and all the way up towards Sacramento, up the Sacramento River. Um, they were telling people in those areas that if you can't get because there was a run on air filters, if you can't get an air filter even from um, from uh, Amazon or other places, then go uh, buy an air filter for your air conditioning system and tape it to the back of your fan and then turn your fan on and it'll suck things through the filter and that that will help especially with the larger particles the the, the soot and stuff that's out there um, so I actually uh, found a, a company that made like an elastic thing that stretched over the back of a box fan that acted as a filter and it had like a little bit of a static charge on it and then you could put a, a, a filter in between it and it would hold the filter on for you plus it added the extra layer of the little magnetic charge on it and bought one of those and sent it to my daughter in Sacramento and said here put this on the box fan and uh, then I had to send her a box fan because she didn't have one of those. <laughs> so I sent her a box fan. So now she has the box fan and the filter. And I think she looked at me and rolled her eyes and said, thanks, Dad. Um, but, you know, just especially when you're sleeping so you don't get all congested and, you know, just to take the particles out of the air. It just helps, helps process the air a little bit inside. Uh, and now maybe it'll help with, um, you know, the spread of viral diseases as well if we think about you know, uh, staying in a place that doesn't have uh, carpets, uh, uh, solid floors helps, cuts down on the dust and dander. And so, hey, can't hurt. Awesome. Well, we are completely out of time. <gasps> I talked way through that too much. Sorry. I didn't mean to yeah, hog no, all the No, not too much. It was interesting and good to know, especially, you know, for people who are in areas that are they're dealing with fires. Yeah. It's good to know. So, well, um, you know what? You could probably tape uh, coffee filters to the back of the air thing and do about the same thing, too. Yep. You know, in a pinch. In get a pinch. In, you do what you got to do. genius. Exactly. Exactly. Paper towels. Paper towels. You can do that. There you go. So with I don't that, know that I'm that Aaron Brinker. I go with that. But I'm Todd Brinker. Thank you so much <laughs> for joining us through our rambling 
conversation today. We hope that you will join us weekdays here and on our radio show on KCAA 1050 AM and 106.5, 102.3 FM in the Inland in Empire. California. Yeah. Inland so, Empire. have right, a wonderful have a day. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.